hey guys, it's uh, Doug here again. Uh, don't tell Brian, but I'm about to release yet another episode from our past. Um, this was recorded uh, just after we recorded the Hard Home episode leading into uh, season six. So it's uh, full of strange anomalies, you know, weird things like me stuttering and stumbling and, uh, uh, you know, Brian saying ridiculous things that have no bearing on what's going on. And just overall, a very uninformed, low production value, uh, you know, podcast, just a shadow of what uh, it is now um, in all its glory. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this. I think they're kind of fun. Um, But if not, uh, just deal with it. We'll be back next week with our season five finale. Um, And then after that, a preview for season seven, and then we'll have real shit to talk about. Uh, Anyway, guys, take care. See you next Tuesday. Welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, the weekly recap podcast for your favorite show you love to hate, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, my name is Doug. I'm joined by Brian. Um, today we'll be reviewing last season's uh, The Dance of Dragons. Uh, how you doing, Brian? Good. Great to be with you, fellow Wester bro. Yep. And welcome. Don't forget to say uh, hi to the listener. I'll pass on that for now. Okay. We'll come back to that. I, I appreciate you, listener. All right. So, uh, Brian, what were your initial impressions of this episode, looking back on it? Well, we came off a real corker. You know, the last episode was, again, I think, at least one of my favorite episodes, maybe my favorite episode, and definitely had my favorite scene. And overall, I think this was definitely a letdown coming off of that episode. And I think just a, a kind of a, a poor scene in general, and we're going to get into it further, but it also went off on uh, several of these weird tangents that the show writers have built into the show that were not in the books, including pedophilia. Yeah. Never uh, a good addition to a television series. I mean, unless that's the thrust. Unless you're... <laughs> unless well, that's, that's not the best words to use, but... <laughs> I apologize. So, yeah, my... <laughs> so, my impressions were... Um, yeah, I felt sick to my stomach twice in this episode. Yes. So, like... If that was the goal for the showrunners is to make people uh, feel ill, and I, I will say that's that's some part about art is uh, getting a reaction from the viewer, the listener. Um, you want to get that reaction, but at the same time, if it doesn't serve a narrative purpose necessarily, it's pornographic, and I would sure. argue that this is, you know, uh, pornographic. A few two of the scenes that I'm referring to. Other than that, um, you know, uh, I was underwhelmed by the payoff for this uh, episode, which we'll get into. But yeah, sure. um, coming off the backs of, I, I grudgingly agree, uh, Hard Home, even though it had a lot of divergence from the books, was a very solid episode. It was a very, it was a great episode. I'll, I'll, sure. I'll give you that. Um, but this one, yeah, this just shows you, it goes from the highs to the lows of what uh, the adaptation has gone through uh, from the sure. books. So, so let's launch into it. All right, let's get into it. You want to uh, set this up? Sure. So the first scene that we have is the uh, in the Stannis camp where we get to see the brilliant strategist uh, <laughs> Ramsey Bolton with his yep. 20 good men. Yep. I mean, the, the, the explanation for how, obviously, what happens in the episode is uh, suddenly Stannis' camp is on fire. They lose half their horses. You see a horse run by on fire, yep. half the tents, uh, all, all kinds of nonsense. All the food stock. They're, they said yeah. they burned all the food. <clears throat> uh, most of the horses are gone or burnt. Uh, and um, the siege weapons, they said that. They said the siege weapons are gone. Uh, So basically, 
Ramsey neutered the entire uh, potency of Stannis's army uh, with 20 good men. And none were seen, then none no, were captured. That is the most ridiculous part, yeah. The fact that none of them were seen or captured, and the fact that Davos, Davos is talking to him. All right, so let's let's go through this. So, uh, Melisandre, once again, has this, like, sixth sense where she thinks she sees something out, hears something outside. She goes outside of the tent. She sees uh, a tent erupt into fire. There's this overhead shot of like 20 different fires getting started i guess all, 20 all at guys, the same time yeah they they sync their swatches together they all yeah. had swatches and they said sync and they lit all these fires at the same time and uh yeah horse goes by on fire and then they smash cut to the next the next morning and the aftermath and davos is just tallying this uh to stannis but uh davos says oh it was a band of 20 men maybe less and i'm thinking yes and they said nobody saw them, you know. And I'm thinking, well, how the fuck did you know that? How do you know there's 20 men if you didn't see anybody uh, and no, you didn't capture anybody? This is just preposterous. The the fires that they show in the overhead shot are like deep into the camp. It wasn't like on the outskirts. Like if Stannis was dumb enough to keep all the horses and the food and the siege weapons in a pile, like in one section of the camp, <laughs> I would forgive it. I really would. But uh, it's just ludicrous and it's it's just rushed. This the whole. Stannis' plot just seems rushed. Right. And, you know, they, they, they try to throw in this explanation. And Stan, Davos says, well, they're northerners. They yeah. know the terrain better. They know the land better. Oh, I tell you what, shit. I know my bedroom really well, but if a fucking Navy SEAL came in wanting to kill me, I'm pretty sure I'd have no advantage there. I don't, yeah. I don't think knowing the land, like, like, I don't... Did, yeah, they, did I, they come I, under underwater? Did they did they did they burrow in the snow? Did they uh, like the, were there caves? I it, there is no explanation for it whatsoever, right. and it still it goes into this thing where Ramsay is apparently no, Napoleon with a penchant for torture yep. and rapery, which makes no sense. It is really frustrating about the adaptation, and for all of this nonsense about Stannis being the greatest military leader, he didn't even set up a camp that was defensible, despite right. having. Theoretically, it's full vanguard at that point. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how he's this great military leader, and he can't, he doesn't even have the type of, of watch over his camp, despite being near his enemy. Well, the to, way they address that is, Stannis says, "Interview the guards. Um, they were either asleep, or they were um, incompetent, or they were in conspiracy with uh, the enemy, uh, and then hang them." As if. I guess all the guards are so incompetent, which I guess they must be. I, uh, it just it hurts my brain to think about. It. I don't want to think about it too much longer. So, the, the, and the only explanation, if they were being honest about what could have happened, is it, it was sabotage. Right, and it's the only explanation. Right, and that would make sense if what happens later in the episode happened before. Um, or it would make sense if it was happening in the books at this time, where. The, they were stuck in the snow, and the people were turning to cannibalism. Well, it was getting really gruesome. In that's the books. Get, that that brings me to my greater point, which we will get to. The mm-hmm. situation in the books is a lot more dire than it is on the show. People sure. are eating each other. That's how desperate they are. It feels like in the show they take these drastic measures just after it gets a little cold and people are a little hungry. Yeah. Uh, they're not killing each other and eating each other yet. So uh, I have a problem with the desperation, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. So yes. uh, Davos says, you know, well, if we can't uh, go forward and we can't go back, um, and Stannis says, we we will go forward. Um and he gives Melisandre a knowing look. 
So Davos sees Stannis, and then he sees him look at sees him look at Melisandre, and he realizes that th- there's something going on here. They got some kind of plan. These two are in cahoots, right? And this brings me to the character assassination of Davos on the show. <laughs> Uh, in addition to Stannis's character assassination, um, but long story short, Davos knows some bad shit's gonna happen, and he lets it happen, uh, and that's heartbreaking because he is like the Ed Ned Stark, uh, or what we the closest thing we have in the books. Mm-hmm. He's pretty virtuous. Um, sure. All right. Um, so we'll go to the next scene unless you have anything else to say. Uh, no, I do not. Okay, great. Uh. So John returns from the wall, and even though they took ships, they decide to walk to the wall <laughs> somehow. Yeah, that's, a, that's a geography thing that I don't. It's uh, you look at the maps and you kind of understand what's going on, uh, but first you must ask yourself, why am I looking at maps for this? Thing? Yeah, that, if you, um, yeah, already too late. Yeah, a couple of things about this this scene. First, I'm just uh, again. I'm going to reiterate my disappointment that we only have one giant. It's just one one at this point. <laughs> Where are the rest of the giants? If they've, if it's been, there's been genocide, I'd like to know. But All the right. stupidest part about the scene is John walks up, stares up at the the, the wall. Yeah, and you see uh, Alistair Thorne, one of the worst characters on the show, <laughs> staring down at him. Now, worst apparently- characters as far as just being a terrible person or a terrible well, character? Where, where, what's the explanation? What, what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, you, you never hear about that? the hate. They like, never really dive into that and explain what's going on other than... I mean, you, most of the other characters, they have a grudge against another character. They provide some sort of explanation. Right. There is no explanation that at least I've been able to discern or can remember that why he hates John other than maybe John came from royalty or maybe he knows John's better than him, but <laughs> well, that's nothing a, that is concrete. All right. So in the, in the books, uh, once again, drink if, since I said it in the books, uh, so in the books, Alistair Thorne was, uh, he fought on the side of the mad King in Robert's rebellion. Oh, okay. So he knows that John's dad, quote unquote, is, uh, Ned Stark. Uh, who was on the opposite side of that whole uh, thing. That's why Alistair Thorne's actually at the wall, because, you know, he surrendered, and instead of getting executed, he took the black um, for his part in being on the wrong side of that war. Uh, but still, it doesn't seem like... There's probably a lot of people that fought on the other side. It doesn't seem like the hate's um, real or explained. Yeah, it really does. I mean, they're there with rapists. And, I mean, Right, exactly. They're there yeah. with the pe- like just... Utter well, why, is, why is he directing his ire at the one of the few competent people that are actually there? Right, because... I mean, at, 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 least, at least prior to this plan to bring back the wildlings. Right. I mean, now that the wildlings are here, maybe you have an explanation, but... Right, he hated John from the start. Right, without real good reason. At least right. as far as the Yeah, at least, uh, you know, Snape in the Harry Potter uh, books, you found out why he hated per- uh, Harry eventually. Let's uh, let's avoid any of that nonsense. No, we will definitely. I don't read There's books. lots of crossover here. All right. Okay. So my fa- my favorite but slash the, worst. I wanted to say that right. the, the the whole thing about that scene was that stupid stare down between Thorn <laughs> from 400 Thorne. yards away or wherever it was. Yeah, yards. No, they, they. I mean, Thorn wouldn't have been able to point out Snow out of that entire group. Well, of he people. he stepped forward. But it, it almost looks like they make it like they're staring at each other, like "Oh, you little shit!" I right, like it's like it's Fast and Furious Seven, like it's Fast yeah. Seven, and it's uh, you or, know. uh or or the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You know? But it, which was stupid. 
Maybe if they gave them all uh, both sets of binoculars, that might have worked. But, right. So yeah. this um, that's what I meant by what they didn't come by ships; they just decided to yeah. walk from up north. It seemed like this whole scene is just I don't know, just some kind of jack off way to have this artificial showdown to show tension between the two characters which are you probably could have done that in the next scene where they actually get to talk to each other well uh, you know what though you know, and th- this might actually make sense now i'm thinking about it i know they took the ships and they're supposedly i guess there would be um there would be uh, another castle up near the ocean that they could cross right. through but this uh, night's watch would be the only one i would think that would be aware of the plan Plus, they would have to get to the. Well, gift, it doesn't matter I'm, if they were part of the Night's Watch, and and your boss shows up. Yeah. I mean, it might be. You, I mean, but they knew because that's where the ships came from. The ships yeah. that they took to rescue the folks at Hardhome came from that coastal, um, whatever castle, uh, yeah. East Watch by the Sea. Look at that! Look at that pull. Whoa! Yeah, look at and the I don't even have Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't even have Wikipedia up. Good for you. All right. So what? What I did want to point out, Tormund puts his arm around a small child at the, <laughs> when they walk up as if they're trying to make this guy who just bashed somebody's fucking head in the last episode. He's a good guy, you know, he you know, he might bash your head in, but he's gonna he's gonna look out for the kids. Um <laughs> like it's like it's the first uh the first uh immigrant right. ship pulling up to Ellis Island. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just ridiculous. Sure. All right, so um then they then it's still at the wall, but John and Sam are watching all the wildlings walk through uh, John's complaining that he didn't save enough people. Sam is, you know, Mr. Brightside, just like he was talking to Ollie, the murderer, uh, in the previous episode. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. you saved that guy, you saved that woman. And John notices... I didn't, what, I didn't give a shit enough to write down a word about that, that scene. It was stupid. Well, it's, it, it seems, but but like like I said... Uh, it seems redundant now because we know that the there's a section of the Night's Watch represented by Thorn, who has yes. a grunt, a grudge against uh, John. So you didn't need to reiterate it with this scene. And all that we see is we see Wan Wan and people react to it. And then, uh, yeah. Then- but they just they killed a giant recently in the tunnel. Right. So it's not like that should be a big deal. The one thing I did notice about this scene was Ollie giving uh, John the stink <laughs> eye, which was some foreshadowing. Right. You know. Yeah, that that was good. <laughs> I guess. Even though he's a little shit. He is a little shit, but yeah. I'm glad Al- his parents are eating. Alistair Thorne comes by John and once again reiterates, you know, driving it home in case you missed it. You mm-hmm. have a big heart, Jon Snow. One day, you know, it's going to get us all killed. Yeah. So you're right. This whole scene was just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we jump to Stannis in his tent talking to Davos. Right. And he tries to, again to make this swaparoo with Castle Black. I, I don't know. Uh, or with the Night's Watch, I just don't know why he think that w- was going to work. Did, did he attempt that? I mean, I, I guess in the books, mm-hmm. he pressed harder on his initial attempt at at the actual while they were at Castle Black, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he uh, tried to bribe John by saying he would make him a Stark for real yes. because he's a king, and he would get Winterfell, and he would relieve him of his Night's Watch duties if he helped him and had the Night Watch supply and fight for Stannis. Yeah. And, you know, once again, that John actually wrestled with that, but that doesn't come up in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, about this scene, um, once again, Davos, he asks if he can bring Shireen and his wife, Stannis's wife, back to the wall when he goes to ask for more troops at Castle Black. So, 
he says no, and he's like, what about just Shireen? So Davos knows something fucked up is going to happen, and he he just was like, well, my king told me I'm going to do it. What's funny is I read one online summary where it said that Davos did not realize that Shireen was there, There's be no way. he. Yeah. Like I said, they had the knowing look. He's asking if he can bring Shireen twice. Uh, he knows. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, there's no way he doesn't know. Um, and I don't know if you remember this from, I don't know, season three, maybe? Uh, remember one of uh, Robert's bastards um, has those leeches put on him and Melisandre yes. burns them? Well, Davos sets his ass free. Yes. Because he was just saw a child and he thought he did the right thing. So for for Davos to know, obviously, what's going to happen or know something bad's going to happen to Shireen because he asked about her specifically, it's ridiculous that he doesn't do something. That's a good point. But I, I've read, though, I read somewhere, though, that that is actually going to happen in a future book. That's that's what they said in the um, in like an interview. They were mm-hmm. they were talking about it and like, oh, well, you know, when we both found out we were both shocked. But I think uh, we'll get to it. We'll get yes. to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, another thing I put about this scene, people look cold and hungry, but they don't look desperate because they show like guys waiting in like the food line. Well, there is at the end of that shot. There's like a guy standing there kind of shaking. It almost looks like he could have been quietly masturbating. I don't remember if you saw that guy. <laughs> yeah, I do. He was staring off yeah. in the space. He had that thousand yard stare. Yeah, and he's, he's just kind of like, just just moving a little, just enough. And you know, you wear a lot of clothing back in those days, so yeah, he could have been he could have been hot, rubbing one out there. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's knows. no women around except for the sure. little girl with uh, stone face and <laughs> and the ugly ugly wife of your boss, Stannis. And Melisandre. Oh yeah, which you know, you know she the things that the shadows that come out of her snatch. I don't think you want any part of that. Oh, this is a family show, Doug. <laughs> All right. So uh, <clears throat> so in the same scene, but cutting forward in time, I guess, Davos vis- visits Shireen. Uh, they share a laugh about somebody being burned to death, which, once again, is just horrible. <laughs> more, Just more and more foreshadowing. But more foreshadowing, but like it's, it's just disgusting because Davos knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives her a special deer toy that he carved, I guess, and kisses her a long while on the head, like he's like it's gonna be a long time since he's seen her again. Once again, he knows. Right. Fucked up. <clears throat> Nothing stood out about that scene. It was just more and more foreshadowing, and it didn't really paint Davos in a poor light or a good light. I don't yeah, think it was. It, yeah, he just. <sighs> which that I think that goes. I mean, if you want to look at it from what. George R. R. Martin's purpose is what he said in writing his books is he tries to explore the good side and the bad side of the heroes. So, I mean, this could be looked at as instance where the guy knows what's wrong. It's wrong, but he doesn't muster up the courage. But once to again, do this isn't, right. this isn't George R. R. Martin. This is all fabrication. Sure. Sure. At least in this particular character. Um, right. right now in the books, Davos is off trying to find Rick and Stark. Um, God. Which which we he's been cast for season six, so we'll see him. Um, but so I I don't know. I just I just don't like the fact that Davis is like the one good guy. I guess not good guy, but like the one guy that has the most uh, I, relatable uh, moral compass. You want to say that? Sure. Yeah, that'll work. Right. Okay. So uh, next scene, your favorite place, my favorite place. The Water Garden. <laughs> Dorn. Oh, Jesus. All right. So what happens in Dorn, Brian? Well, they, uh, 
they cut to a bunch of people sitting around and causing viewers to go to sleep. Uh, they discuss <laughs> the threat where uh, they Jamie tries to explain what he's doing there. Right. Discusses the threat that a necklace was stolen from uh, his, uh, his incest baby and then sent to him and it had a viper. The viper was holding I don't know. I don't follow it that closely. Right. But uh, well, it becomes he, painfully obvious because uh, the I can't remember her name. Alara. Alara. Yeah. She. She and stares the, at the Franklin and the Franklin Delano Roosevelt of Dorn. <laughs> you mean Doran Duran? Yeah. Franklin Doran Dorn Roosevelt. Dor- yeah. Uh, These are they, both crippled leaders. They. Sh- Jesus. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Another blanket on the legs you can't feel. Sure. I, yeah, I thought you were going to pick up on Franklin Dorn Roosevelt. Right no, away. no, I did not. Sorry. Dang. Wow. Okay. But anyway, I'm I don't make, that in. By the way, uh, he was a terrific president. Yeah. Had, Only four-term a, president. A lot of heart. Yes. <laughs> not a lot of walking though. All right. So we're in Dorn. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great, but uh, Jamie is trying to explain himself. Uh, that they received a threatening message with Marcella's uh, necklace. Um, they, uh, the obnoxious woman is being obnoxious. I t- wrote, um, I don't know why Alara. Alara. I don't know why uh, Duran Duran is keeping her around or alive. Um, but uh, Duran says Marcella can go back as long as his son Tristane. Uh, takes a spot on the small council that was Oberon's. Jamie agrees, and everybody's cool, but um, Alara is obnoxious. She pours out her wine, and she leaves the room in a huff. Pours one out for a dead lover, brother. <laughs> dead lover, brother? Yeah, the, uh, was it Oberon, Mar- was Oberon Martell? Well, they was weren't that, brother it? and sister. Oh, they weren't? Oh, okay. No. They, they had to have been related, though. No, they she was just his paramour, meaning that, uh, like, permanent fuck buddy. Like they, gotcha. he wasn't gonna put a ring on it. He just wanted to hit it. And she's uh, the mother of at least one of the uh, sand snakes. So you have Urban Dictionary up right now, then? <laughs> yes, I do. The I'm, scene I'm was silly the in that the, the the I guess Jamie is the least observant person in the world because he didn't he didn't seem to put together that it was her that was responsible for that right that, and his daughter. She's giving she's giving uh, FDR of Dorn the, the hairy eyeball through the whole thing. Right. Pours out the drink when he discusses peace, and then uh, I forget um, I wrote down his name somewhere. Um, but the uh, shit I'll try to do better about writing that down. Uh, the, Who the are you referring FDR, to? The FDR of Dorn. Duran Duran. Star- yeah, he keeps staring at her or at um, her like saying these things about how they don't want to go to war. She's just like going like her. <laughs> You might as well just written, no, I want to fight them on her face. So right. It would have been less obvious. And right. Jamie, meanwhile, is just drinking his drink going, okay, cool. We'll, we'll take... Yeah, uh, it's just too cool for school. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy her pulling, pouring one out for her dead lover. I guess. She's just really obnoxious. It is. And once it's again, so- it's a... It's a. It's completely... Fa- Do I, you got planes landing in your backyard? Those are motorcycles. Oh, well. Wow. Mm-hmm. You got a classy neighborhood. I heard. John, uh, Thank you. We're gonna cut it here, but uh, John's leaving. Yes. Crazy. They're scared of the minorities. <laughs> how you would go to school with? I don't know what they're doing. It's John. What? Are they, yeah, third house and like I don't know. Has he at least sold one of them? 
Uh, I still think he has the still has the shit box. And uh, this last one, I think they made some money on because they bought a short sale at the bottom. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think he did okay. Okay. Well, all yeah. right. So going back to, so we <clears throat> cut to uh, Dorn Jail. Dorn Jail. Yep. Lock up. Lock Dorn up. Edition. And the girls are playing slaps. The notes I wrote down was, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because it's too stupid. Right. I don't want to spend much time on this, but uh, yeah, it was just dumb. And she makes uh, one of the, the shortest or youngest that makes Bron call her the most beautiful woman in the world. It's just bad. It's awful. Just, we can't say, I, I, can't, I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. So uh, they do um, bring Braun up. Uh, he gets right. <laughs> Doug, you know what we should do is once an episode have, I'm going to play my, I'm not, I refuse to talk about this card. <laughs> okay. And you we, get we, one. Can, we can provide an explanation the first time we do it. We just say, right. and it, you know, it has to be limited obviously in scope. But I mean, I would have said here where they returned to Dorn jail in the last 30 seconds. Right. Uh, the last a couple minutes, but it did absolutely nothing to move the plot along. No, they could have just brought Braun up. It, it, it did nothing. It did there was, absolutely there was no nothing. substance to the, the scene whatsoever. Nope. It's just showing that the girls are annoying. Tough? And I tough, don't know. I guess tough. They're they're just obnoxious. I, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. It, it did absolutely nothing. Although it was funny when the dog or the the sand snake. Laying on the uh, laying down, called the one a slut at the end. <laughs> yeah, so we got that hilarious yep. scene of slut shaming. It was, a, it was a, to be fair, it was a pretty sick burn. <laughs> it was a pretty sick burn. All right, yeah. so uh, Bron joins Jamie, and Jamie says, "Good news, the prince has let you uh, allowed you to live." And he's like, "Okay, great, that pie looks good." And then he gets elbowed by the in the face by um, Aria Hotar. Aria Hotar. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, the guy with the big uh, axe thing. And then Prince Duran Duran says, well, maybe you'll have the soup instead because his teeth are all hurt or broken. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it's awful. It was another sick burn, uh, but wasn't very entertaining. Uh, this, just, this whole thing I want to leave as soon as possible. So I'm going to play the yeah. Silent Sisters <clears throat> card. And refuse to talk about this anymore. Okay. All right. Where do we go next? I had some good things I wanted to say, but that's okay. <laughs> well, so next- I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I've used the Silent Sisters card. You can continue to talk about the scene. Fair enough. So then we smash cut to Aria, uh, where she's walking around uh, selling her clams, cockles, something or else. Yep. And once again, we have the brilliant line of the two street rats <laughs> who walk up to her and say, How much for your little clam? Just why? I don't understand why. Right. And it was very clear it was just like one guy just trying to look tough in front of his friend. But but what? It, I did. The only thing I think of is it's the showrunners trying to uh, introduce the idea in your mind that uh, Arya is a sexual being or will be seen as a sexual being, which is what happens in the next episode when she you know, kills, uh, Marin Trant. She like, so we poses. have some street rats holler at her. With or, right. It's, it's just clever writing, Moody. It's all, it, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, clever. That, it's just clever was, writing, Brian. That was lifted directly from the source material, right? <laughs> yeah. George R. R. Martin said, 
How much for your little clam? <laughs> but uh, you know what they are missing in the show? What? Is four straight pages of, of discussions of food. Yeah. And how yeah. that got didn't get boring or remind us Americans how weird it is that people over uh, in England eat uh, eels a lot of the time. Yeah. There's, there's like, disgusting. There are words that come up, and I haven't bothered to look them up, like lamprey mm. pie. I don't know what lampreys are. Those are eels. Oh. So... Yeah. Great. So more eels. Uh lots of lots of mushrooms. How much for your little eel? Right? <laughs> How much to put my eel in your clam? <laughs> oh God. All right. And then what about, wait, wait, no, I want to talk about cockles. Now, cockles, yes. I guess, are another form of shellfish, but they sound like to get cockled. So um That's cuckolded. Cuck oh, it's my bad. Mm-hmm. Cuck not cocked. No, that's C-U-C-K-O-L-D. Well, the more you know. Sounds like you're not up on your pornography genres. <laughs> I'm <am> not. That's <laughs> a shame. It's just Century Club for me. That's it. Century Club? What the hell is that? Only over 100. Okay. I'm going to play my silent sister club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So the creepers uh, creep out Arya. She's more confused than anything else. Um so uh, she's heading over about to poison the loan shark or whatever the guy is. The and thin then, man. Yeah. And then she sees Marin Trant and Mace Tyrell get off a boat and she hesitates. Um, and I thought like Mace is amazing. He's just been a, uh, he's just been dumb through this whole, like uh, <laughs> the, the whole show, his whole representation on the show in the past two seasons. But now he's not dumb. He's actually just fucking with the banker and it's amazing. He keeps saying that, like, uh, you know, he's just keeping talking down to the banker. He's just like, well, you know, it's despicable. You know, some people would call Carolina work despicable, uh, you know. And he keeps go- talking about how it's gambling and it was outlawed in the uh, sure. in Westeros. I just found it fun. I just found his, uh, his disdain and his clever uh, poking at the guy uh, to be very amusing. I read it differently. I read it as in he's completely clueless. Because really, the the Iron Bank is has so much power over them right now. He should be deferential, and he's just so clueless that that's his personality. Because he believes he's great because he comes from aristocracy. I mean, I guess that's the the case. But if that's if that's happening, he's just randomly because of his naivety, naivete, naivete. He's just randomly because of his naivete insulting the guy. Yeah, uh, unknowingly. I, I, re- I read that as his obliviousness to the what, what the actual situation is and the context and all that sort of thing. I didn't read it as Mace Tyrell is screwing with this guy. You know, I, but I, I, I did read it as that, and maybe that's just me giving uh, him more credit than he deserves. Sure. But, um, you know, he is, you know, one of the most powerful men in Westeros. Like, even though his mom runs things, the, uh, was it, Queen of Thorns? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even though she's runs things, he's basically the Tywin, or the he's basically the Tywin or uh, Eddard Stark of his house, like one of the Seven Kingdoms. Sure. So he's a powerful guy. He's can't be completely idiotic. At least sure. he's not that idiotic. He seems like a simpleton or somewhat, or gets bullied in the books, but he's not that dumb. Regard- regardless, we I read it differently. Sure, well, that's fair. Um, and of course, we uh, this begins the new line with Marin Trant, uh, which was again a departure from the book. 
and completely unnecessary. Right. They, um, they, they reminded us that he killed or supposedly killed uh, her dancer. Serio Pharrell, right. But mm-hmm. that's not enough reason to want this guy dead. Is that's it? exactly what I wrote down in my notes. That it's, is more than enough. So they, yeah, so they invent this whole plot line of, and we'll get to it, I guess, of him being a uh, child molester in order for you to be okay with Arya killing him. I didn't need that at all. I was okay with Arya. Like, this show is about killing. This, this show is nothing about, it's all about violence. I don't need an excuse for this guy to get killed other than he killed uh, a character that I like, Serio. Or a character that, a character that I liked, Arya liked. Um, sure. So, uh, you just didn't need it. Just I did as enjoy not, singing, though. Or at least Mace Tyrell singing. Mace Tyrell singing was great. And yeah. I wrote down here that Trant is just uh, exceedingly sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just to make him more unlikable i think sure sure and stands around and leers at people i did right. uh you know they they had they have uh aria follow that group around for a little while while they go apparently into the iron bank to conduct business she comes out right um you know i did notice though in that entire scene or at least leading up to the point where she's waiting for them at the iron bank she still had i know she was bewildered by seeing them there but if she's turning into this world-class assassin yeah she had plenty of time to go poison the, the thin man. Right. I, I don't know why she just didn't go do I mean, hand him some oysters. I uh, here, you, here you go, idiot. <laughs> Eat this. Yeah. On the house, dodo, dum-dum, you know? And, and he, already, he already wants vinegar. So here's yeah. the thing is you don't even have to hide the poison. You no. just put the poison in the vinegar jar and shake it on his thing, give it to him, and you're done, and you move on with your day. Like two yeah. seconds. Uh, then you can then you can creep on Trent and Ty- Tyrell. But I wrote this, and I don't know if it's this scene or if it's another scene. She follows them around into the whorehouse, and she's supposed to play uh, be an amazing assassin, and she's just running around like an idiot with a dumb look on her face. She gets caught by a whole bunch of people. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't think I wrote it down, but I think do we do we go into the whorehouse after this? It's part of the same scene because. Okay. Um, the the uh, Tyrell and, and Trent Trent come out of the Iron Bank. He does the singing thing. It cuts to uh, Marin Trent saying, "I thought that idiot would never shut up," or something along those lines. And yeah. they're him and the two other guys are right. And he's through. just like, "Are you buying?" Well, I'm buying all right, but I'm not sharing. <laughs> well, that was right after his line about the boy sucker Renly. Boy sucker Renly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, uh, it was almost like in the background. You yeah, I almost thought that was like ADR. Like they added that uh, yeah. later. Just I guess I don't know to make you hate him more. Like I, I don't oh, know. he's a homophobe it's, it's, and a child molester, and he killed Sirio Pharrell. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand why. Why the fuck did they bring that up? I don't know. Sure. And that that scene in the the whorehouse was just painful. Right. It was just made me feel. It made me feel gross. And it was just completely unnecessary, not anywhere close to the source material. I mean, why is it that the showrunners, when they deviate or add completely new things, it's always pedophilia or rape or just like right. the worst things? It's some, when it's, it, it doesn't need it. None of these is brutal enough as it is. You, that's the, uh, I think that's that just shows the uh, lack of understanding of the source material. When George R. R. Martin has somebody die or get their their whatever, their head caved in, uh, it's I don't know. It's just not. It serves some kind of a purpose, and I don't know what purpose this serves to have this whole disgusting scene, except for once again us being okay or wanting this guy to die, which 
we shouldn't want to do. That's not a good thing to harvest in people. <laughs> you shouldn't make me want somebody, a human being, um, you know, fictional or otherwise, want to get killed. Oh, I see. So you're sympathetic to some of his. Uh, well, you know, I mean, some his people, baser instincts. Some people are just born with certain. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So then after that scene, Arya gets kicked out of the whorehouse. Yeah, once uh, again, not being a good spy or assassin at all, just yeah. running around like an idiot. A girl is not good at going undercover. Right. And then she returns to the house of snoozes and... <laughs> <laughs> and Jake and Agar says, hey, that old man just shit himself. Clean up his pants and get his yeah. get his gold. Uh, God, every, every scene in that. I mean, it's just boring. Right, so... Then we go back to Dorne, because we didn't get a fuck enough of it. Um, no, we need multiple more scenes. So, Duran Duran is talking to Illyria Sand, uh, and says, you know, he forgives her, uh, makes her kiss his ring, and says he believes in second chances, but not thirds. Mm-hmm. And once again, I, I want to go back, I'll bring this up later, but this whole crazy rule of thirds, they keep uh, giving characters, that characters do do the same act three times and they once again the first two times they're a failure and the third time they succeed and they this happens a lot i'll bring it up when it happens in other episodes but um she begs forgiveness then she taunts jamie in the room uh and tells her she's like i know that marcella had nothing to do with oberon's death and i know you probably didn't either yeah, that's foreshadowing. I guess, but I mean, then why? Why? Durand, why would, Durand, I don't know why he would believe her. I just don't. Yeah, what? I and, don't. And it's such a. It's this is also a significant departure from the books. But I mean, I think it's part of the compression that we've discussed, where he's trying to get to civil war and endure. I'm guessing it's coming up in the books. I don't know. Uh, why. Yeah, nobody knows what the fuck's going on with Dorn. Yeah, including uh, old uh, railroad himself. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. But um, yeah, this whole thing is just—I don't—I don't see her value. I don't see in the book. I guess she's taking over the role of his daughter, which once again, that's being his daughter would be a reason not to kill her. Mm-hmm. She's not his daughter. She's her brother's fucking fuck toy, uh, and the mother of one of his, you know, natural nieces. But still, yes. she's more trouble than she's worth. Have her taken care of. Well, they are strong, independent women. But I, mostly but, I want to see the sand snakes stomped out because they created so much boring television. And it's and once again, it's not their fault. It, I feel bad for the actresses <laughs> that are forced to, to, sure. to, to speak these words that other people put in their mouths because it's just not good. Uh, once again, in the, in the book, it's not, it's not great either, but it's just so much worse on the show. Sure, sure. Do you think they have... Uh, sessions with their therapist it's not your fault it's not your, it's fault. Not your fault it's not your fault i guess I but they're coming back i hear uh, at least one or two of them are gonna be in the uh first episode of season six so we get more dorn get ready get excited my take, son my son my son spirit has a semi and the, the Alaria and jamie lannister scene uh, those i mean i guess they're trying the, the the showrunners are really sloppy about foreshadowing. I mean, right? There's no I mean, subtlety here. Perfect. Yeah, there's uh, there's perfect uh, perfect instance of them foreshadowing something like just oh, I mean, have every scene in this was leading towards, and we don't know this, I guess, at this point. But you could tell it was leading to them murdering someone to try to start the civil war. I mean, it's completely obvious. 
But it did it did strike me as funny that Hilaria and Jamie Lannister discuss what their families have in common the most, which is screwing their siblings. Or just uh it wasn't screwing the siblings, it was just like you know <laughs> she was looked down upon because they were having sex outside of wedlock. They weren't getting married. Yeah. She she was over in Paramore and she was saying, Well, that's looked down upon in the Seven Kingdoms and so is what you're doing. And once again, I think uh, it's just rough that like everybody knows what's going on with Jamie and he just takes it. He Jamie was such a like a he was just very impotent in this scene as well. What's um, he supposed to do though? He was he he was at least brash and he would have like a quid, uh quick comeback or some kind of funny quip yeah. to like deflect the situation and maybe take command of the goddamn conversation, not let it be steered by this uh crazy woman. Maybe sure. steer it yourself and start throwing some accusations at her to get her stop talking about this huge secret that you have. I don't know. He just didn't seem very um, Jamie like in this scene. Sure. Well, ever since losing his hand, <laughs> <Shut up. clears throat> I, I don't think he has been that. I don't know. I don't recall a scene where he's really asserted himself in the face of those kinds of ac- accusations following the loss of his hand. I don't know. He he uh, went back to Harrenhold in the book. Back up to mm-hmm. Hell and basically uh, laid down the law. He doesn't take shit, but it's all bluff and bluster. Like, internally, he feels uh, impotent because he lost his hand, but at least he's not letting it show on the outside because he knows that's dangerous sure. um, to be perceived as weak. But right. anyway, uh, Silent Sisters, enough of this. <sighs> Smash cut. Davos oh. intent. Talking to daughter. No, Stannis intent. St- oh, I'm sorry, Stannis. I wrote down Davis, but it is Stannis. Absolutely. Yep. And I was ready to go nuts on the showrunners for adding the scene. But again, because it hasn't been in the books to date, but my understanding is it's supposed to be in the books. So the scene was kind of boring. It was a bunch of cryptic talk where, right, again, yeah. more foreshadowing. Davos is offering his daughter all these stupid things she doesn't understand. You know, it sets it up to be difficult, but he just burns her anyway. And he doesn't. Right. I, he doesn't show really show remorse during the scene right. until I guess I, he leaves at the end. I wrote this. Uh, it just shows such a terrible job. Like, none of the the viewers will sympathize with Stannis' actions at all. Right. Like, even Stannis fans, which I... I, I people, when I, when I showed... Uh, anger at this scene when it happened last season people accused me of being like a stannis boy or a fanboy and it's not like i like stannis i just think this is so far beyond his character once again Who's i think accusing you of being a stannis boy uh jvd oh i don't want to talk about that <laughs> anyway um but yeah this is just like no there's i can't imagine one person in the audience being like well no he's got to do it i mean he's got to do what he's got to do which I guess is that was the whole speech is that he felt that it's he, he has to do this for the greater yeah, good. Yeah, but that's but I don't I like who identifies with that argument. Like you're you're showing me that this guy believes that, but I don't believe that, and you haven't and shown I, me one thing to make me believe that or, or sympathize with him at all. And once again, I think I could have sympathized with him if the situation in the camp was dire. Like, if right. people were dying left and right... if Man, we spent, they got horse meat now. What are they doing? <laughs> if they would have spent, like, another couple scenes instead of showing us Dorn, maybe a couple more scenes of um, 
uh, people getting eaten alive, other people being burned at the stake. Because in the book, multiple people, like, you know, the cannibals that get caught eating other people, they burn them. So if it was like a history of people getting burned, we've been okay with it. It would have just let up. It was just so rushed and it was so out of character for Stannis, at least at this point. It was just, it just, once again, and it was the second time I just felt gross. Like it was hard to watch a second time. I don't know about I, you. I, I cut it off at some point. I just uh, fast forwarded. And this was just within a couple of minutes of the assumed child rape. I mean, within minutes of that. Right. I mean, I, yeah, the, at least I, I prefer the episodes where they, they're going to hit you with something brutal. At least just make it one brutal thing. Right. You don't need a child rape and a child burn in the same 15 minute span. Okay, I want to go to a macro statement right now, and I want to say that the showrunners just misinterpret stuff. Like, like they see the the violence and they see the sex in the book, and they, out of context, the, the way they 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 portray it or choose to portray it, it doesn't. It's just gross and pornographic. Yes. Uh, and I I can't say any more about it than that. It's just awful. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> So on that high note, we smash cut the Super Bowl Sunday in Marine. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I did want to say, Stanif's wife is really dumb. But okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, there are almost too many differences to go in between the, the lines in the book and what's going on in Marine right now. Yeah, I, um, we'll, we'll I just mean, let we, it all... We, his Zadar is supposed to be the suspected of po- trying to poison her with a locust. Sons of Harpy have never been out in the public. In fact, I don't think they've killed one. Barristan's still alive. Barristan Tyrion is not or t- anywhere. He's like in a slave camp at this point. Um, well, no, I think he he actually I think is in the arena, but he is riding a dog. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's and, part of the um, the midget uh, show or the yeah. little person show. Sorry. Sure, and listener, uh, Dr- Drogon Smash for sure. <laughs> But he was attracted by by meat, I guess, at the uh, at the arena. Not, I, 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 we'll get to it. But I yeah. guess he wasn't psychically summoned by Danny, right? Which yeah, is, which so the way this scene it started like, out strange sure. to me, especially with what happened. Is Hazar? I don't know how to say his name. His dar, uh, hairdo. How about that? Hairdo. Okay. Hairdo walks up and just says he's late. I guess. And she, Danny says, "Where where were you?" And he says. I was making sure everything is in order. Right. So what's striking about that is that the implication there is almost that he is in league with what eventually happened, but he was killed by the sons of Harpy. Right. And if he was betrayed by them, they've given us absolutely no clue as no. to who backstabbed him. So it was almost like they confused, the showrunners confused about whether he was in cahoots with the sons of the Harpy, as he is in the, assumed to be in the books to this point. I or think, if he's, or if he's not, I think they they just did that to like make you think. Oh, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Uh, and then obviously all that, uh, all that goes away when he gets stabbed later. But well, that is that is really really stupid. Then I agree. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Uh, first, I want to say security at the stadium <laughs> sucks. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. No pat downs. And yeah, uh, I mean, uh, half the audience was able to sneak in whatever knives they had and and their masks. Any a basic pat down. Yeah, I mean, a pat down is going to reveal the masks right yeah. away. And is what would they have? Uh, no, a that's guard? a flask. <laughs> they have one guard by where Danny was actually perched. Right. 
I don't know. I, I mean, God, it's almost like there was no threat anymore, and they just assumed that she could walk around uh, without any protection other than Dario, Hairdo, and Tyrion, and and I guess maybe one of the Unsullied. I mean, for these Unsullied as great of warriors as they're supposed to be, we'll talk about it while we describe the scene. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah, and in the book, they they do bring out that they're more. They're made for being warriors, not policemen, kind of like, you know, our troops in Iraq. Uh, but I don't want to get into it. But uh, Benghazi, yeah. let's see those emails, right? Right, right. So his daughter has to know that Dario and Danny were banging based on, and in fact, I yeah, wrote my notes, and he is about to be cuckolded when they yeah. get married. I wrote he, he was trying to, uh, Dario's trying to amog uh, his dar, become the A-mog. alpha male of the group. Uh, oh, okay. This is more mystery terms from the uh, last oh, episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to be the tough guy and trying to show his dominance by, like, saying, well, if I was fighting a big guy, I would go, I would stick my dagger where their muscles weren't, like, right here. Right. And, and, and then, like, it's like, it's flinging the knife putting, at him. Yeah, flinging the oh, knife at the guy's throat. And I'm, like, thinking, once again, you've made Dario an unlikable character now. Like, yeah. like he was never likable to begin with. But uh, I don't even see uh, Danny's attraction to him. He's just disgusting now. And then, meanwhile, Danny's even calling out Hairdo for never fighting. Right. Which is what's crazy. Dario might as well just take his dong out and rest it on her shoulder for the rest of the scene. I mean, it's just so stupid. (laughs) It was just just awful. And it was just this painful, awful philosophical debates about the necessary conditions for greatness and how eloquent man can be equally as wrong as imbeciles, and it was we just we get it, we get it, right. we get it. It was it was just rough. For once again, it's not good writing. And when it pans the audience there or the uh, the spectators, everybody is like mixed together, like it was forced desegregation. Oh. It was almost like there was every other person was either a slave or a former slave owner throughout the entire stadium, right? Which contributes to what actually goes down in the thing. But that would never be. I mean, you would think that the slave masters would still be able to hire private security. Right. Perform a slave. I mean, the actual setup of the place doesn't make any sense if you spend even a half a second thinking about it. I just I remember my feeling watching it last time and in this time is thinking the scale was too small. I mean, they show these aerial shots of the stadium, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like that stadium was uh, that had that many people in it. It just seemed like it was right. a very small scale. Uh, and they had these few scenes where they showed, uh, you know, a, a huge stadium of, you know, whatever, 80, 100,000 people. Like it was some, like it was game day at the swamp or something. Right. So they had the first uh, set of matches there. And then uh, the next match, apparently it goes from a one-on-one to a Royal Rumble. <laughs> yep. It involves Jorah. He's back. And the looks on her face, it appears that she buys it. And, uh, right. I mean, like, I wrote yeah. down, like, she seems timid at first, but then she seems almost glad to see him. Like, if he does this, he's back in. Right. Like, yeah. oh, my hero kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, God. So then they actually start fighting, and he's supposed to be, what, the greatest fighter of all time. I guess. but He, I, he I is did, terrible. He is terrible, but I did like the fact that he just got lucky one time from... Uh, one of the other five fighters stabbing he, his opponent in the back. He got, he got, to, he, the first guy was the, the guy with the spear and the, he ended up defeating him, but the guy at least nicked him several times. Right. And then they cut to the one guy who has the other, other guy who has a spear 
It does this like jump stab thing. Yeah, jump like, stab thing like a, that it's maybe like a crow looks, hop. For yeah, and maybe it looks good on like a, a poster for like yeah. a, a superhero movie, but looks like it would be completely ineffective. No, well, I mean you would get more momentum with that thing if you were actually thrusting forward, not getting off of your feet and yeah. then losing. Yeah. So then he defeats the first guy. He's fighting the second guy, and it's a bunch of. It seems like movement for drama's sake. Right. And he's about to be killed, but then that. He's saved by the other spear dummy who did the jumping. Right. And the spear dummy might be the worst of them all because all he had to do was wait for the guy who had Jorah pinned to the ground to stab Jorah. And, and then stabbed, stab him in the back. Hey, spear dummy is the king of the, the pits. Right. Yeah. It was, and, 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 and once he, again, this is what I, I think I said this last episode. This just seems like a paint by numbers. Yeah. Something we've seen a million fucking times before. So you take... This just shows the uh, the difference between the source material and these fucking jackoffs riding these. I don't, yeah, I don't remember uh, Jorah winning in the fighting pits by doing a little roll move. I, that like it, the spear is designed to prevent somebody from getting too close to you, but somehow Jorah is able to do a little jump and roll <laughs> move and then pop up. It was really frustrating because it's a, like a lot of sporting events where he did not deserve to win. No, he didn't earn it. Anyways, but regardless, it just it wasn't that entertaining. I never thought I didn't have one doubt in my mind that Jorah wouldn't wouldn't oh, win absolutely. this fight. Like it's not like oh because I watched the Mountain and the Viper fight. Oh maybe Jorah will get killed. No, I knew it was just like bullshit, and it seemed like you know an episode of I don't know Xena. It seemed like this whole thing just reeked of uh, you know the WB um, in the late nineties. Sure, and I don't, I don't have as much familiarity with Xena as you. I don't do. know. I, I, take your I heard about it on a museum tour. Sure, <laughs> the, the, the Xena and uh, Conan or Kevin Sorbo, whatever. <laughs> Sorbet, yeah. Uh, anyway, so then of course Jor picks up the spear, throws it, kills the son of the harpy. Ooh. Again, prompting me to say, uh, what kind of shit security is this? Yeah, TSA would have been a, <clears throat> done a better job at this place. With their flashlights. <laughs> we don't like to get political on the show. TSA is political, but okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, this this really raised some questions for me um, about what is going on with the Sons of the Harpy. Because my understanding is that the Sons of the Harpy are supposed to be former slavers... <sighs> Yes, who are attempting to create a a, um, a, a revolution? Right. In that scene, it seems like most of the people, most of the sons of the harpy, are slavers, or are were dressed as former slavers at least. They're right. they're outerwear. So then they're stabbing other former slavers in the stands for the most part. It appears right. It doesn't make so, any sense. So yeah, that's the problem, Doug. When is the slave owner on slave owner violence going to stop? But I think it comes to the problem of uh, in the books, the these guys are fighting a shadow war, meaning they're just hiding in the shadows and yeah. uh, killing random people one at a time. It could be twenty people, for all we know, in the Sons of the Harpy in the books. In this, right, it, the, the, and, and, hundreds of them it appears. And it's been a while since I read Dance with Dragons, but I don't think the Sons of the Harpy attacked during the um the the scene where this is trying to replicate where Danny gets on Drogo I think it they, was they just, did not 
I think no, it was they, just that uh, she nearly gets poisoned uh, mm-hmm. by the locust, and uh, Drogo just shows up. Drogon just shows up and kills, because, kills several hundred kills people. Kills a whole bunch of people, and then they attack him. But like it didn't have anything to do with the Sons of the Harpy, so I understand they're trying to cram this together. But the Sons of the Harpy aren't like this huge force, uh, and even if they were, what are they trying to accomplish? It just it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't make add any up, sense, right? No, no, it doesn't. It could be because anybody who would have some ability to just go out and stab somebody, you would think would be a actual slave, right? Which they wouldn't be in favor of the slave slave owners rising up again. I mean, maybe they're right. You don't want to. You don't want to alienate. Uh, you know, his dar because his dar was cool with the slave owning before. Right. So why would you kill him? Because he's and in it, league with her. It's just. Uh, and again, even if these, even if this force is com- comprised of slave owners or former slaves, there these jabronis are out there beating up the unsullied and whatever other right. Workers. Yeah, and the shade pace and all this other stuff. Those people wouldn't have formal military training. They. Right, it's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like I I it it doesn't seem like this is the standing army. It wasn't like the Iraqi standing army that turned into ISIS here. These are just rich guys that are pissed off because they can't be rich off the back of their backs of their slaves anymore. Right. And it also brings up another question is knife prevention, knife violence prevention in marine because if we Arm everyone with a knife will it prevent knife attacks. I mean, <laughs> knives don't kill people. People people with knives kill people. I want the teachers in Marine to carry knives. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh so yeah, so the Sons of the Harpy are killing everybody. For some reason, uh Dario says Willy hey, nilly. Let's Willy-nilly. get let's get into the let's get into the pit <laughs> for dramatic yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. Um so they're in the pit, and once again, this changes. It just changes. Um, Den- uh, Daenerys in the book. Once again, drink because I said it in the book. But in the book, it becomes like an act of her being powerful. She approaches Drogon as he lands and is killing everybody and causing a lot of chaos. And she actively walks up to him and tames him <laughs> by like saying, "Fuck you." Uh, you're my horse now. Get down. Yeah. I'm gonna ride away with you. Instead, she's just a fucking victim. Again, this this these showrunners have such a poor opinion of women. And she does this thing where she closes her eyes. Yeah, she and, closes and her not, eyes. Is that meant to imply that she is able to summon him? I I, there, I remember she people talks were, to the dragons uh, in well another podcast. They talked about this last year, and there was some. It wasn't clear whether she was just. Oh, I'm gonna hold uh, Miss Sandy, her friend's hand, and we're just gonna pray. And I'm gonna close my eyes and, you know, just prepare myself for death. Or it's like, yes. it's like Beetlejuice who's saying Drogon, Drogon, Drogon. <laughs> right, and that's and that's the alternative. Uh, but it it did seem like that because as soon as she closed her eyes, you heard a little chirp <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Wait, are you playing the show right now? Sure. Yeah. No. That's a. That's a. That's a clip. But th- this scene, there were so many absurd things about it. There were hundreds of these, or at least multiple dozens of the Sons of Harpy, out of nowhere, right. somehow over outnumber any security for that that structure or and in front of Danny. Right. Um, 
the Sons of Harpy keep trying to fight Drogon. He's a freaking dragon. He's lighting all these clowns on fire. How are they now running out of there? Right. There's This is a huge slaughter all over this entire stadium. Why are there not more emergency services on scene? Why haven't, like, I mean, how is, like, not every single Unsullied there at the same time? Yeah. Um, how, why did she name him Drogon? That's the stupidest name of a dragon. It'd be like naming your <laughs> cat Cot or your dog Dag or your hamster <laughs> Homster or your rabbit Robert. Well, it was her dead husband's name was Drogo, and she named it in honor of him. You have not sold me on that. <laughs> Drogo. She she merged Drogo with Dragon and Drogun. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, the next time you're down here in Boca Raton, you have to meet my pet Homster. Homster? He's yeah. a hamster. Well. <laughs> All right. And then the other question is she flies off on this uh on Drogon. Yeah, all of all uh um Neverending Story oh, yeah. with Luck Dragon. Oh yeah, we saw the parallels. Um, but how did the rest of these idiots escape? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they all look up in the sky and go, "Oh, she's out of here." All right, you want to go get a beer or maybe some lunch? And then, aren't the they final... still overwhelmed by these uh, assholes and masks? Maybe finally, nine one one was no longer a joke, <laughs> and some unsullied show up. But then, this is even the stupidest part about it. I mean, how long has this scene been going on? Oh, I don't know. Way too and long. so in the background of every single shot, you still see people scrambling around in the stands. Right. Why is everybody not evacuated? Right. And the only explanation I can think of, it's like when you leave a sporting event, you don't know which exit to go out of to be near your car. <laughs> so all these people are walking around going, where the heck did I push park my cart? I don't want to yeah. have to walk the entire length of the stadium. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't make any sense. Like what? Did I park in Harpy or did I park in Dragon Two? <laughs> oh, I think I'm in Green Harpy. But there's they should have been out within seconds. I mean, the thing was so small, but it just kept showing people running around. It wasn't like Sons of the Harpy were but, just still creeping. You just saw people sprinting around in the background for twenty minutes. The scene lasted. Yeah, I I understand there's budgetary restrictions. I do, and I understand you had to CGI a dragon for I don't know five solid minutes, but it just I mean, the dragon kicking ass was was impressive, like setting people on fire, but... But it didn't have the impact that should have. No. That place should have cleared out instantly. Yeah, like, there wasn't terror. There was, like, too many people trying to fight it. Um, it's a fucking dragon. What, why are there people still throwing spears at it? Right, and it looked like it was actually in danger. And I and yes. in the in the book, it, it gave the impression uh, Danny went out there to stop the dragon from killing <laughs> just murdering everybody sure uh instead of oh the dragon might die uh it's vulnerable there was in the book uh, if i remember correctly there was one person who did throw something yeah it seemed like it was yeah so i guess they're trying to mimic that but it's still it just didn't ring true if a dragon showed up it's not like these people see dragons every day if the dragon showed up and these sons of harpy not they're they're not in the military no they're either slave owners or former slaves or possibly mercs. We don't know. Um, I just don't know how they don't turn and run all of them immediately after people are being toasted next to them. It just, it didn't. And again, this is another thing that seemed to be very prevalent in this season. It, it, I mean, I guess if she summoned him, then that's one thing. 
But if she didn't summon him, then I'm just tired of the coincidences, the timing coincidences. Right. I, and, I mean, you, and, I understand you have to suspend your disbelief, but some of them are just such reaches. It's so right, it's and it, and it just uh, this once again goes back to the same macro or another macro point that this is a lot of just predictable television that's happening. Yeah. Just things we've seen a million times, things that are just there for convenience. And these aren't reaches that timing reaches that George or our Martin made in the books. No. And it, it, he, he didn't have the stupid scene in Dorn where the sand snakes in uh, the gang of two show up to, to grab Marcella. I mean, they just have gone so far and I understand they have to compress things, but some of them are just so dumb. It's unbelievable. Oh, the lightning one. Yes. It's good news. I've got it on in the background too. I, I didn't, but, um, Oh nine fifty. I'll cut that out. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's it's these these coincidences are just beyond the 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 pale. They're just so fucking. It's George, frustrating because it takes you out of the show, right? When and, you go, this is so dumb. It's yeah, and and it's, it, like in this final episode, they made it more clear that she was able to somehow psychically speak or call him then that's one thing. Or they showed he was nearby and saw Just like, danger. once again, if, if Ramsey possessed some kind of magic power and they demonstrated that, it mm-hmm. would, it would, I would be okay with him, uh, you know, decimating uh, Stannis' uh, army. Well, like, I, mean, I think I, you're neglecting to consider <laughs> that he had 20 good men. Just, just good. Yeah. Nah, not great. Because, I'll have 20 of my best sent over. No. Not 20 of your best. And if you give me one that's just average, so help you. Just 20 good ones. Yeah. All so right. Anything, overall, uh, this, this season was a dud. Or this episode was a dud. This episode was a dud, and it's such a shame because this this episode, or this scene in the in the book was actually done really well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's her riding her dragon for the first time, and you you were like, okay, you were waiting for this for such a long time, and, um, you know, a lot of times the your expectations are are fucked with uh, by the author, but you actually got to see something you've wanted to see since, you know, you found out she had given birth to dragons. You're like, well, she's going to ride one one day and, you know, command it, and, you know, you got to see it, and it was very lackluster. Mm-hmm. Plus, I yeah. once again nearly threw up twice in this fucking episode um, because of... <laughs> Horrible violence against small female children. Sure, I, I agree. Now, I think ordinarily we in this, I, I guess the shows. I don't know how much we continue the show, but I think ordinarily we should make some sort of prediction. You know, obviously it's not possible because we uh, we know what happens in the next one. But, All right, uh, well let's let's just okay. This this is a good uh, good segue. Um, let's get into it. Season six predictions. Now, I I just want to get into what we think is going to come and what our expectations are for the upcoming season. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you go. You do the talking. No, I, I have nothing planned in this. I, I mean, I've no, you don't have to previews. have anything prepared. Just just tell me what your outlook is. You said last episode that you think it's going to an upswing. You think a lot of these things that they all these fires in the uh the all these whatever irons in the fire are going to come to come together. Uh, let me rephrase that. That's a terrible metaphor. <laughs> but you think a lot of these a lot of these sticks are going to build a temple 
that's going to burn sure. down. I and think the there's going to be gonna a rise. lot of too many cooks in the kitchen. And uh, <laughs> no, I so I my assumption before I watched the last couple of previews that they've released is that we become closer to the the final fight between the others or the White Walkers or whatever you want to call them and the rest of the kingdom. And based on the previews I've seen so far, it doesn't look like that will actually happen. It looks like it's going to continue to be the proverbial Game of Thrones. And I don't know how much more interested I am in that unless it starts to be make start making major leaps towards some sort of endgame because it still feels like they're just fooling around or there's not... A lot, it's difficult to take a lot of things uh, with a lot of seriousness because we know, or at least we think, it's eventually headed to a fight between the humans versus the others. And right now, this is all prelude to that, and I don't know how, how much the prelude matters at this point. So, or how much at least I'm interested in the prelude. So you think they almost shot themselves in the foot by reiterating what a strong threat the others are uh, with Hardhome. Um so, like, you as a viewer know that this is the real threat and that everybody is just squabbling uh, and they need to pay attention to so much to the fact that you don't care about the squabbling anymore, which that the squabbling is why people fall fell in love with the story. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones, the first book and the first season, you see the others for a second. The rest of the time, it's all political intrigue. But I think the most intriguing part is the White Walkers, to me, at least. Well, um, I, I, I mean, obviously we know that's where it's going, but still, like, I care about the characters, which is why I'm so upset about the way Stannis, uh, which, once again, Stannis might not be dead. The fact right. that they didn't show him, um, the fact that they're, the guy is saying he's dead and he's done with Game of Thrones, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, he could be, but at the same time, even if he comes back, I just think it was handled so poorly that I don't care at this point. Sure, I, I think what some of the frustration lies in that all of this stuff is a lot of it's twist for twist sake. It almost seems like yep. Um, it seems like they're dry, like almost like Lost, where they're just dragging out shows because to drag out shows. Yep. Um, and I hope that unlike Lost, they actually have a plan for where the show ends. Well, George um, actually said that he referred to Lost and Battlestar Galactica about how he loved both those shows, but think that the uh, the writers of the show basically, you know, blew it with their endings. Yeah. Did you watch Battlestar Galactica? I love Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It was great, and but he's absolutely right yeah. in that they could have lopped off half the episodes, not lost anything, and maybe gotten to a better place quicker. The, 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 the last season was just torturous. Like, yeah. Like, everybody's a Cylon. Like, yeah. it's just dumb. Yeah, very, absolutely. very disappointing. Anyways, divergence. Um, I, so I... I think we're, it looks like based on the previews, we're going to see a lot more of the same fighting among the different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Brand's apparently thirty years old now. Well, there are, and and so to that, there's a lot of Knights King action. Not only in Brand's flashback or vision or mm-hmm. whatever, but we see the Knights King uh, leading his four horsemen again, and presumably an um, an army of zombies, which I'm going to call them zombies. Whites. An army of whites uh, into battle, and that doesn't look like a. It could be a vision, but that looks like it'll actually happen. So, so hopefully we'll get more others. I I think that will happen. So I think you will get your wish. Um, but I think you're 
you're also right in your uh, apprehension that you are going to see a lot more bickering. And probably, I would say, three episodes of King Smoot, which I can't wait for. Oh, no. <laughs> I... Oh, man. The one storyline that might be more boring than the Dorn storyline. Right. And, yeah. and I will say that I... I compared to Dorn, I... I hate the Ironborn. I don't, <laughs> I don't like them at all. Yes. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know what it is. I guess they're too foreign, or and it's one of these things where they brought them up. Like you know, I guess we knew Theon the whole time, but they they introduced them, and I guess I well, guess we like them. Well, I mean, there's 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 nothing that they've offered that we should like about the Ironborn. Theon's a piece no. of garbage. His sister. I don't. I mean, I guess she's loyal, but she still seems like a piece of garbage. Once again, it's a strong. She's a strong female character that doesn't come off very well, and she should. No, the dad's an asshole. Yep. Apparently, the entire thing is that they feel that they can just go steal from everybody, and right. That's their. That's their culture is reaving, which is they take what they want. Yeah. So they're all pieces of garbage. Right. So you can't even like as much as you might hate the uh, feudal system that these kings of Westeros have uh, come up with. It's preferable to people that rape and murder and steal to to yeah. to make a living. Right, they right. look down on farmers. The the practice of salt wives. I mean, right, that, yeah. And that, why the why I still remember the phrase salt wife is beyond me. Because you secretly um, wish you yeah, have like four salt have wives. A salt wife. <laughs> you could secretly want four or five salt wives. Do they have a name for uh, ironborn bastards? Yeah, I don't know. They might be, you know, salty or like the last name instead of snow might be uh, squid. Yeah, floating piece of shit. John Squid. <laughs> John Flounder. John Flounder. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I guess there's not a storyline that I'm very excited about, which is the reason, at least based on what I've seen on the trailers, other than maybe the development of Bran, but we don't know where that's going to be. Right. Because they, they didn't go to him the entire season, and those uh, frog babies, that, those kids were annoying as shit. Yeah, they um, were. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm excited for is we see flashbacks of what has pretty much been confirmed um, of the Tower of Joy scene. Now, to refresh yours and the viewer, singular, memory, uh, the Tower of Joy is what uh, Ned thinks about uh, when he's in the... Um, Black cells right before he gets killed, and it's the promise he made to Leanna, his sister. And he remembers him and a group of I don't know, five or seven dudes. I think uh, it's supposed to be eight people, eight or nine. Uh, anyway, him and a, and a bunch of guys. Don't anyway me when I give you. Anyway, anything. you give me just another made up number after I put out a made up number. I'm gonna anyway no, you. No, I'm fairly sure it's. I, I'm fairly sure. I, I watched a uh, YouTube thing where a lady. I literally spent 45 minutes discussing a two-minute trailer, and <laughs> she said – I was listening to it while I was at work. Don't tell anybody. Um, while I was at the bank. And so it was um, it, it, it was a group of eight or nine people, and I can't remember if it was eight, including uh, Ned regardless, Stark. Regardless. Uh, okay. Regardless. I'm going to downplay you. Regardless. This is definitely not a – They outnumbered three Kings, Kings guards. And this was back before Marin Trant, Trant, where the Kingsguard were nothing to fuck with, as uh, the kids would say. I've got the Urban Dictionary. Much, up. much like the Wu Tang. Yeah, is that what? It, yeah, I thought it was pronounced Wu Tang. 
I guess not. All right. So moving, uh, <laughs> moving. Oh, pod, podcast is canceled. Uh, all right. So and that is at one hour twenty nine minutes. Can you get to? Can you get to wound wound? Ain't nothing to fuck with. Because <laughs> he's a giant. <laughs> yeah, I got it. All right. Yeah. So um, so yeah. Uh, but the Tower of Joy scene, basically, essentially, it's where Ned goes to retrieve his sister, who has been quote unquote abducted uh, by Rhaegar. Um, Rhaegar's dead, but the Kingsguard are for some reason guarding her and her, and she's in a pool of blood, presumably because she gave birth. Uh, but we will maybe find out, uh, John's true parentage, maybe. Sure. And that, that, I think that that'll definitely be interesting where the, the story of Jon Snow goes. It'll be interesting once the books comes out. If right. It, and we'll follow. find out, we'll find out how Jon Snow gets gets brought back yes i don't think there's any question for sure that's gonna happen at this point we will find out who wins the king's moot <laughs> oh I, I think every watcher will lose the king's moot um and uh yeah we'll find out what happens with danny when she meets the calazar because in the books her storyline is basically caught up to the show so these are spoilers that are for sure going to happen um, the, and the the, the uh, preview so far make it seem like She's looked upon as just another person, and I don't know that she wants to reveal who she is. Well, I'm um, sure they know sh- who she is. Like somebody's got to know because they're bringing her back to uh, the capital. But I think it looks like she's completely unescorted during the, the the previews. No, 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 no. So in the previews, they show her like in chains, being dragged along uh, with a bunch of horses, and then they sh- cut to another scene where she's inside another hut. Um, oh, I think I've only seen her like looking up with the scene where there's hundreds of people walking and Drogon flies by. No, I did see her. They rip her clothes off. Might be a uh, trailer too, but uh, go check oh, that okay. out. Regardless, we're going to, we're going to find out what goes on with Danny, but uh, presumably she's going to use her dragon to uh, win all the horsemen and, and bring that army back to Marine and kick ass in Marine, and then hopefully get on a fucking boat and come to Westeros. Just do something. J- yes, just do something. Because I don't know if we've expressed our, I've uh, expressed my displeasure with it in the books, but the Marine storyline was awful in the books and just went on forever. Sure. Not pleasant. So, uh, but my feelings overall of next season as a whole is I feel like we are going to get these. Uh, big spoilers, but we're also going to do a lot of spinning our wheels. I feel like there's going to be a lot of wasted time. I feel like we're going to see... Unlike this season. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're going to see a lot more of Arya training. Like, they even show that I have no interest in watching Arya train and fail or whatever she's doing. It's so... Mm -hmm. The house of snoozes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. um, What else? I don't know, man. I got, I'm, I'm about run out of steam. Yeah, I think we're about it. And once yeah. again, this this episode will probably never see the light of day, unless you are one of our uh, Patreon contributors in our gold level. Yeah, in our uh, in our, Stan- our our Tywin Lannister super angel donors. <laughs> Tywin yeah. Lannister's little angels <laughs> level donors. <laughs> Uh, all right so uh thank you for joining us uh this was a shame to thrones 
This was yet again uh, a preview episode uh, for episode nine, season five, uh, Dance with Dragons or Dance of Dragons. I don't know. But uh, we will be back in earnest to start season six of dun, Game dun, of Thrones. Dun, dun. And I'll drop a sound bite. That'll be more than just the do do do. I hope it's uh, Blink 182's Dude Ranch, the opening riff. Uh, you mean like. Could we get away with that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> look up look up copyright law and see if we can use it like just like like 10 seconds of it. Like find out what the minimal amount is because I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> we want it to be. <laughs> I mean, is there a better song? Uh, oof, that's tough. <laughs> what about like uh, with ball with the ball? <laughs> ball, ball? It's pretty good. What about the uh, I don't Bad know. Dance? Is it? Um, seems to me I am my own worst enemy. Oh, it, lit, <laughs> lit, L I T. Yeah, I'm pretty Anything. sure we can call those guys up and get the rights for I don't know ten bucks. Yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, anything from the Sugar Ray catalog. <laughs> uh, I celebrate their entire Butterfly, catalog. butterfly, be my baby. Be oh, my Crazy baby. Town. <laughs> it wasn't Crazy Town. Huh? Be my butterfly, sugar lady, come that was lady, crazy town, come yeah. come lady. No. Yeah, that was Crazy Town. No way, the, I don't think The so. rapper, oh yeah. What, what about some ICP? ICP is fine. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Or maybe some Eve Six. Uh, I would swallow my pride. I, I would choke on the Rhine. But yeah. I like the road, but it'd be up inside. All right, we'll think All of right. something. But uh, how about, how about, hey, can you can you do a parody of uh, I Smell Sex and Candy and do I Smell Game of Thrones? <laughs> I could, but that sounds fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, it does. I All smell right. rape and John Snow. We're cutting all this, by the way. So, <laughs> no, that's the theme. All I right, thank you for joining. Raping John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> and and you notice how phallic those knives were when they plunged into John Snow at the end of the uh, season. Oh yeah, and I saw at least two <laughs> ejaculate. <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us here on Ashamed of Thrones. Uh, one had a huge set of nuts. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.